Yes, we are welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It's called Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toladano. John Wall doesn't need no introduction. It's an insider's look at the NBA and culture surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and the number one pick of the 2010 NBA Draft, John Wall, will give his unique perspective on the hottest topics in the league. So check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Mack Weldon is better than anything you're wearing right now. Mack Weldon believes in smart design, premium fabrics, and simple shopping. All right, you could literally shop from your computer or mobile device in minutes, and it's a great, easy to navigate website. All of their products are naturally antimicrobial, which means they eliminate odor, which is very, very important to any man or woman. They want you to be comfortable, so if you don't like the first pair, you could keep it and they will refund you, no questions asked. Okay? You understand that you could buy some underwear. If you do not like it, they will refund you the full price. That's a guarantee. Not only does Mack Weldon underwear, socks, and shirts look good, they perform well. All right? They wash well and they dry well. That means they don't come out shrunken into little baby underwear. It's good for working out or going to work or going on dates or just everyday life. Go to MacWeldon.com and get 20% off using the promo code Rappaport. That's MacWeldon, M-A-C-K-W-E-L-D-O-N.com and get 20% off using the promo code Rappaport. All right, this is the Iron Rappaport Stereo Podcast. All right, this is how it's going to go down. So this is the pregame and postgame diary of a mad fan episode. Um, it's going to sound like I'm in different places at times because I am in different places. I did some of this episode from the Vroom Tomb. I did epi- some, epi- some of the episode from the Gloom Tomb. If you never listened to the Iron Rapport Stereo podcast before, the Vroom Tomb is my car. The Gloom Tomb is the home studio. It's, it's infamous. Um, so the first half we're interviewing Kristen Ledlow, NBA TV broadcaster, sideline reporter, Mike Breen, the man who does the play-by-play for ABC for the entire finals, Wood Harris, actor extraordinaire, current guest on the Iron Rapport Stereo podcast, and then I reluctantly had to call G. Monetti, the 2015 podcast co-host of the year, 
um, and hear uh, all he had to say um, and, and really kind of, you know, gloat in my face. All right. Enjoy the Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast coming live and direct right now. All right. Good morning. Good day. And good evening. This is the Gringo Mandingo, a.k.a. Michael Rappaport, a.k.a. Mr. White Folks. Uh, it's 526 in the morning um, in the streets. Um, it is Father's Day. So uh, this episode is dedicated to all the good fathers, all the generous fathers, all the fathers who are trying to do good by their kids. And it's also dedicated to all the deadbeat dads who ain't shit, who don't do shit for their kids, and who hopefully inspire their kids to be better than them. Today's episode of the I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast is the diary of a mad fan part two game seven of the NBA finals a day in the life of of a crazed fan now right now as you could hear I'm in the streets walking my dog Wheezy it's 527 now um today's the game it's game seven It's been a brutal, emotional series, and quite frankly, a brutal, emotional playoffs. Um, Not only have the games been brutal, but I have actually packed, moved, been displaced, and finally moved into a new home. I've seen the team that I'm rooting for be on the brink Not once, but twice. Um, Listen, I'm a Knicks fan, but my redheaded stepchild team is the Golden State Warriors. And to be honest, it would be the Oklahoma Thunder. It would be the San Antonio Spurs. It would be the Utah Jazz. I'm against Cleveland. I'm against manufactured teams. One of the reasons why I really do like Golden State over Cleveland is because Golden State was a team that was drafted, put together, wasn't a friends and family trip, wasn't any big free agents, wasn't any uh, contrived big three. Um, You've heard it all, you've heard it all. So today I'm going to try to get some special guests on the I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast I got to be honest, I'm reluctant to call my co-host and 2015 podcast a co-host of the year, Gerald Moody, a.k.a. G. Monetti, a.k.a. G. Moody, last name rhymes with duty, because of his smug attitude towards me um, and his would-be Cleveland Cavaliers. But I'll call him up today. I'm going to get Kristen Ledlow from NBA TV, friend of mine who I've met playing. She's witnessed me in Celebrity All-Star Games. 
She hosts NBA Inside Stuff. I'm also going to interview Mike Breen, play-by-play man, lead play-by-play man for ABC, covering the entire NBA Finals. He's the one who probably most famous for going bang, bang, bang every time someone makes a big shot, particularly a three. Wheezy, come on. Wheezy. I'm out here walking my dog. I'm in the streets. So I'm bringing back Wood Harris, who I'm going to tell that if he harasses me during the show and during game seven, I'm ready to get uh, a restraining order because as cool, quiet, and as noble as he is, he might be crazier than me when it comes to basketball. He's nuts. He's smart. And he's also totally out of his mind. I don't agree with a lot of his stances, but he's a friend. He's a fan. And now he's a recurring guest on the Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast. So today is the Diary of a Mad Fan episode it is now 529 on the quiet, empty streets of Los Angeles. I'm out here walking my dog, Wheezy. Um, some people think that I named my dog Wheezy after Wheezy from the Jeffersons. No, that's not true. My dog Wheezy, who uh, now has his own emoji on the rap the Iron Rappaport rap mojis. Um, I got the dog out of a pound in Louisiana, hence the, hence the name Wheezy. Okay? Not from Wheezy from the Jeffersons. That would just be fucking weird. He's a male dog. He's seven. Um, he's sweet. And other than that, I can't really say any accolades that he has because he doesn't do any tricks. Um, it's really dark out here. I'm going to be honest with you, I'm not picking up his shit, I'm not using any shit bags, but since I moved into my new neighborhood, I have started picking up Wheezy's uh, shits, and I do walk him with shit bags, but I'm in the dark and I don't have my headlight with me. Anyway, this is the Diary of a Mad Fan, I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast. I'll be back when the sun rises, and we're going to get into this episode. The Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast is sponsored by Casper Mattress. Casper is an amazing mattress. Time Magazine named it one of the best adventures of 2015. My entire house has Casper mattresses, sheets, and pillows. In fact, it's now the most awarded mattress of the decade. It got free shipping in the United States and Canada. Try a Casper mattress for 100 nights risk-free in your home. If you don't love it, they'll pick it up and refund you everything. It's made in America. Mattresses could cost over $1,500, but a Casper, a twin mattress only costs $500. A King costs $950. Casper offers free delivery and free returns within a 100-night home trial. If you don't love it, they'll pick it up and donate to somebody who appreciates a good night's sleep or a good nap or just laying down on a fantastic mattress. Trust me, I love Casper products. They're getting better and better. Get $50 towards any mattress purchase by visiting www.casper.com forward slash Rappaport. Use the promo code Rappaport and you can save 50 bucks. Terms and conditions apply. Casper Mattress, C-A-S-P-E-R. Trust me, I love Casper Mattress and you will too. It's the most comfortable, fair price mattress you're ever going to buy. 
All right, this is the I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast. Diary of a Mad Fan. Game 7 NBA Finals Edition. I'm calling up play-by-play man, the lead play-by-play man, Mike Breen. New York Nick announcer also. Iconic play-by-play man. First appearance on the I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast. And I'm sure he'll probably be just as nervous about doing this as he will be about calling Game 7. Hello. Mike Breen, this is Michael Rappaport calling live for the I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast. How are you, my friend? Hello, Michael. What's going on? How you doing? Great. Great. Can't wait. How, how, how excited are you? Are, are you? are you? Are you? Are you pumped up for it? Oh, yeah. It's, um, you know, from my standpoint, from what I do, it doesn't get any better than this. This is what you, you know, the, the players, when they're young, they dream about playing in a, in a game final, uh, game seven of the finals. And for me, it's been able to call a game seven. It's and the way this series is unfolded on all the different stories, it's uh, it has a chance to be special. I just I just hope it's a good, close, competitive game because we haven't had one yet. Right, right. Is this your first game seven that you're calling? No, I did uh, I did game seven in 2010, uh, Lakers and the Celtics. Oh wow! And then did the the uh, game seven 2013 uh, with the Spurs and the Heat, and both of those game sevens weren't decided until the final minute. So 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 when you're approaching this kind of game, are you nervous before the game and 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 like are you are you just excited? Like is there like is there I mean obviously this isn't just a regular game on a Tuesday in you know in Sacramento. <laughs> this is a big game. You know, I, I I absolutely have butterflies. Uh the first game seven I did back in 2010, I was so nervous. And, you know, you get to do them a few times, so you, you, you get a feel in terms of how to harness your nerves. But I'll have big-time butterflies. Um, but a lot of that's just because as a basketball fan, there's, there's such anticipation. I mean, I, I love the NBA so much, and it's, and it's such, a, you know, such a huge game and what it means for particular players, what it means for franchises. So from that standpoint, it's, um, you know, it, it really is the anticipation is off the charts. That, 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 that I'm sure. So, so you said, you know, what it means to, to, to players. So, so it, obviously the, the LeBron factor and, and, and the Steph Curry uh, and obviously Draymond, you know, he's had such a crazy series and a crazy playoffs. What do you think this game, you know, means to LeBron? Like if they lose, if the Cavaliers lose – does it mean he's not the greatest of all time, or is it just is it is it like what do you think like the public will? How do you think the public will respond to to if if they potentially lose this game? Well, for the for the first thing, uh, Michael, is I it drives me crazy that people want to pin the quote unquote legacy on players when they're not even finished their careers yet. Uh, can we stop the the madness, please? It's clearly um, evident that that LeBron James is one of the greats of all time whether or not they win by 20 tomorrow or lose by 20. But, you know, we're in a society to, where we have this definitive daily analysis right. of players and their legacy, and it's, it's ridiculous. Right. And even if he loses, it has no impact in terms of his, you know, where he stands as one of the all-time great players. But I, I do think if they do win, uh, he will silence many, but not all because he'll never happen. It just doesn't happen today. Uh, he will silence many of his critics because this will be his greatest triumph. Right, to take this team and and bring a title not only to you know to his new team, 
but to bring a title to the, to a city that he loves. The reason why he came back is to bring a title to the city, who have had as much heartbreak uh, from a standpoint of sports fans as any city has ever had. Right. And as you know, and you've been to Cleveland. It's uh, their passion for their for their teams is is undeniable, and it's never diminished despite all the misery they've been put through. Well, so 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 when you're when you're going from arena to re- arena, what would you say? You know, for, when you're covering the games courtside, what's the the rowdiest arena to cover an NBA game, or or just sit, like during these playoffs? Like, is there is there a difference between the intensity of Oracle or the intensity of Cleveland? Not at, you know what? Not at this point, Michael. I, every year it changes. It's the, the best teams have the best atmospheres. That always happens. Right. Uh, Oracle Arena. I will say this: Oracle Arena uh, has always been an unbelievable atmosphere. Even when the team's not good, even when it wasn't sold out, uh, the place is crazy. Uh, Cleveland the other night was the loudest I've ever heard it. Uh, that wow. Lone's Arena. It was it was incredible. You know, there are certain places like Oklahoma City. It's it's because it's the, really the only game in town. That place is always crazy, but it's crazy because partly because they have Durant and Westbrook, right? Uh, and as you know, and I certainly do, when there's a big game, when it's a huge game that matters, there's no place like Madison Square Garden. So, so you brought it up. I was going to wait to get there. I mean, what what would it be like? For, for, as of I know, look, you're a New York Knicks fan. We met. When I had the pleasure of interviewing you for for the thirty for thirty, when the garden was eaten, what do you think in this day and age of social media and the thirst and 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 the heartbreak and the frustration that the New York Knicks fans, what do you think a game seven and of an NBA Finals would be like in Madison Square Garden? <laughs> I, I can't imagine it, it, your your um, documentary that you made is a perfect example of what a difference it would make. The Knicks won that championship in 1970. That's 46 years ago. And we still, as New Yorkers and as Knicks fans, still talk about it with the same type of of emotion 46 years later. And the players who have played in it are still so beloved. And it's almost five decades later. So that just goes to show you. Um, what it would do. I mean, in, if the Knicks won the championship, you know, next year, obviously that's not going to happen. But if if they won the championship in 50 years, people would still be talking about it. So it just shows you again the, the, the passion and the love of the sport that, uh, whether it's New York, whether it's Cleveland, that they have with uh, with their teams. If you're calling a game seven, how would you even be able to be, you know, impartial <laughs> as, 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 an, as a real Knicks fan? I mean, obviously you're not, you know, you have to be professional, but I mean, how would you even contain yourself after all we've been through as fans? Well, it's it's um, it's not as hard as you as you think uh, because when you when you're calling a game, you're so focused on the job at hand, and you know it really is such a, a, a team effort. Whether it's your analyst next to you, like Mark and Jeff, or your sideline, your producer and director, um, everybody's so. Um, focused on getting their job done and doing this and doing that, that you you uh, you manage to stay, you know, stay objective. And I've done a lot of big Nick games, right? Uh, in playoff games, where they've lost. I've had I've done Nick games where Reggie Miller hits these dagger three pointers, oh. and oh. you know you have to get just as excited for that as you do for a, a big Nick basket. And that's just you know you just try and maintain your professionalism. But I would not know how I would react in a game seven of an NBA Finals. 
Uh, I would like to hope that I will maintain my professionalism, but you never know until you go through it. Right. So, so, so you're talking about the 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 the, uh, the sound of the arenas. When you're that close, I know you have the headphones on, and you, you know you you you're you know to to drown out noise and to hear the you know the directors and the producers. What can you hear on the court that? the fans at home can't hear because there's been all this talk about LeBron said this and then Steph Curry freaked out the other night, which had to be surprising because, you know, you, you've seen him all, all his whole career and, and to, to see him lose it like that. But what are you able to hear that is not on the broadcast or, or are you, are you able to hear anything that's not on the broadcast? Well, it's hard well, where, where we are, uh, at least doing the ABC games, we're on the opposite side of the benches, so you don't pick up as much as uh, of the banter. Um, when you do games during the regular season, sometimes you're on the same side as the benches, and you can pick up some stuff just for players chatting. Um, but at this point, it's just so loud. Right. Uh, you do rely on, they have great effects microphones that, that pick up uh, stuff, but the viewers hear a lot of that as well. Right. Um, but at, at this point, where our broadcast location, it's hard to pick it up because because obviously the benches are on the other side. And what, what about this whole, like, you're a fan of the NBA before you were even working as a broadcaster. The, the, I really uh, uh, am bothered by this whole uh, stuff that's come up. The NBA is rigged and all this stuff. Like, what, what is your take on that, to, and, and, you know, as a professional, you know, like, about people saying these things? And then obviously, and I'm a humongous Steph Curry fan. I love his wife. I've, I've offered to babysit his kids. He's got the cutest kids. But this whole thing with Aisha Curry, but just in general, for, for, forget her and what she said, but just this whole theories of these, you know, it's rigged. They're trying to make more games. What do you have to say about that? It's, well, it's just silly. But I understand from a fan standpoint, as when you were young rooting for the Knicks, when I was young rooting for the Knicks, um, or if you have somebody who's related to you who are playing, you just get emotional. That's the beauty of it. And you say irrational things, and, and you act irrationally sometimes. But that's why we love sports. That's why we're fans of teams, because it's okay. It's at one point where you're allowed to be irrational and say some stuff that, that obviously is not true, but if it makes you feel better as a fan, it's fine. So you, you can't worry about people saying it, uh, but it's silly. And you know you can tell it's silly, Michael, from a standpoint of, you know, you watch all season long. You watch how hard each team prepares, how they play, starting with training camp all through the season. You watch the effort the coaches and the players put into it. Same thing with the referees. You know the referees. They work so hard to try and be the, the official who gets to call uh, an NBA Finals game. And, and, you know, they look at so much tape, whether you're a coach, whether you're a player or an official. So much goes into it uh, that it's, it's, it's just it's a silly notion. But it's a, it's a passionate, emotional fan notion. Right. I, I, I feel the same way. I mean, I, I think it's crazy and, and I don't agree with it. Um, but I, I understand the craziness because, you know, I'm, I'm a lunatic myself, Mike. I don't know if you know that or you could tell. I've but, seen it firsthand. Yes, I've watched it firsthand you've seen it. on the sidelines. So, so I, I know that um, Van Gundy talks a lot about it. He can't stand it. As a broadcaster, what do you think about the instant replay? Do you like it? Do you hate it? Does it take too long? Should it be on every play? Should it be on every foul? Like, what's the consensus uh, of, of from your point of view uh, about how, about this instant replay stuff? Well, first thing is, it's it's never going to be perfect. There will never be a perfect system. So there's always going to be flaws. There's always going to be certain things that drive you nuts. I think uh, initially. It's, it's the right idea, uh, especially at the end of a, of a big game. Say, for example, tonight, if there's a key out-of-bounds call 
and the official who's right there is a little blocked and doesn't see it. Mm. Well, we we want to see. We want to see who touched it last and who deserves to have have possession on, on such a huge huge play like that. So from that standpoint, at the end of the game, I like it. I just I, I hope that we don't go towards an area where they keep adding more triggers and keep adding more things that you can review because it does slow down the pace. The, the beauty of the game is the back and forth, the up and down, the flow of the game of basketball, and, and it does take away from that. I, I like the replay center this year because it did seem to speed up how quickly they were able to come up with a conclusion mm-hmm. on a certain replay. Um, but it's it's good, but let's not go too far with it. Right, I I, I agree, and 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 you you talk about sometimes you guys talk about this on the air, and then you know, and I spoke to you early, like you you guys talk about these player meetings, or I spoke to him at the player meeting. When you guys have these player meetings, for for the coaches and the players that you talk to, is it just like I want to get out of here, or like is it player to player? Is it is it throughout? You know, like is it what, what and what do you guys talk about, and how much information can you get? That that is is actually usable and and uh, you know valuable information. Like it, it, what happens at these player meetings when you talk to them? Well, first off, you, you're right on the money. It's player to player. Everybody's different. Uh, most of them are very gracious, uh, and most of them will give you good insight. Um, sometimes when they're on camera, they'll be a little more cautious in their comments. Uh-huh. Sometimes we like sometimes we like to turn off the camera and just sit around and and talk, and they're a little more honest. Uh, in what they'll say, um, and then a big part of it is, you know, certain players because you meet and you know and you develop trust. So they'll come in and they'll be honest with you and really give you because they know they can trust that, you know, if they say something that they feel is off the record, uh, but they can give you some insight, uh, they'll do that. Uh, and then there are other players who will read right from the handbook right. how to answer something without saying anything. Right. And the same thing with coaches. Some of the coaches are, are unbelievably honest. But what I find is. Uh, when we go into meetings, they have such respect for Jeff and Mark, right? Uh, for what they accomplished and their knowledge of the game, uh, that it's really interesting to see that. And, and when I worked games with UB Brown, it was the same thing. The respect factor is off the charts, and the coaches are really—they're uh, pretty forthcoming uh, in terms of what they'll tell us and what they're thinking, and uh, and the players can be as well because they just have, have a higher amount of respect for those two. Like when you when you're in a meeting with like Popovich or or, or these great minds like Thibodeau or, or or these these great coaches that seem so, you know, tactical. Like they're almost like our, our army, you know, strategists or even Kerr. I mean, all, all these guys. And I'm sure that I'm sure that all these coaches speak in, about basketball in such an interesting way. And you're listening to Van Gundy or or Hubie Brown go back and forth with the current coaches. Is it is it like are you find yourself like fanning out like and just be like i can't believe this is my life oh you you hit the nail on the head it's unbelievable like that when they get into these discussions on how to defend how you defend on the pick and roll with this team and then they go on this 10 minute back and forth and and offering each other ideas on certain things and when they describe a player or they tell a story that they remember here's the thing about coaches michael and, and it's it's unbelievable they'll talk about a game 13 years ago right and they'll remember exact details. Right. Oh, you know, so and so turned it over with two and a half to go, but then then uh, they missed they missed one or two free throws at the line with fifty five seconds. It's unreal. Yeah. How they have this recall, and the, the interesting thing is, most of the coaches, they can they firmly remember the losses more than they remember the wins. Mm. And I'm I'm always uh, I'm always awed by that. In that, those are the ones that stick with them 
uh, more often than the big victories. All right, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna let you go. I got I got two more questions. You you've been next to the great Walt Frazier, Clyde Frazier. You call Knicks games with him. You've been a fan. You've been doing it for years, and you and you work sometimes with Sager. And obviously Sager was there the other night. Now this might be a tough question. There's politics involved. Who has the best suits? Is it Clyde or is it Sager? And if those guys are ever in the same building together, do you think with the suits and the colors they could actually like shut the electricity down? <laughs> the answer to the second question: There's no, there's no question. The electricity would go. That's. The, I mean, um, they can't call a game together. Like something bad would happen. Like an arena would shut down. Right? It, it's too crazy. <laughs> I'm gonna. I mean, they're they're both incredible. Uh, the thing with Clyde is, now, Clyde is 71 years old. The, the word cool is, is pretty much gone out of the vernacular. Nobody uses the word cool anymore. Right. Clyde is still cool. Right. And for a guy 71 to be able to wear those clothes and pull it off, it's, it's, it's absolutely incredible. Um, he, he, just, he just looks at it. It fits him so perfectly. And Craig, Craig's mix and match uh, they, he's ballsy, <laughs> man. He is ballsy. He might be more ballsy than 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 Clyde. Yeah, he takes he takes a little bit more. Um, uh, I think a few more chances with the colors. Clyde has some just bizarre patterns, but Craig's colors are uh, are fantastic. Yeah, I'm I, I'm sure I'm sure the the uh, you've <laughs> never been inspired by this. You've never been inspired like like Clyde's no, no, never no, sent you, you like you, a, you missed it. See now you missed it. You're gonna have to. I have to show you a picture next time I showed you. Uh, see you next. Uh, last year we had Clyde's 70th birthday, and we celebrated the whole telecast that night for Clyde on his 70th birthday. And I wore that night a jacket that even Clyde uh, might be hesitant to wear. So I'll show you the picture. Uh, I, I got to see proud it. Of it. Was it like a like a like a, a cow skin print, like in pink and, and a fedora? Because he's way out there, and it, and and I I I mean maybe you you're noticing. I've never seen him even wear anything twice. I don't know what like what does he recycle them and and like change the patterns and like shred them and then put them back together. But him and Sager, they must have humongous closets. That's the thing. The closets have to be just just huge. But Clyde, uh, when Clyde wears it, he looks cool. When I wear it, I look like a fool. Yeah, I'll look crazy too. All right, Mike. Well, listen. I can't tell you how much I'm enjoying listening to you do the broadcast of the games. Um, I and I, you've called Olympics, you've called multiple game sevens, and now you could put on your belt. I was on the I Am Rappaport Stereo podcast. I, I, I know that it's going to be up there somewhere. You don't have to say it's at the top. Uh, 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 you know, I don't want you to, you know, uh, embarrass me now. But I wish you tremendous luck with these finals. Um, I hope you, I hope you enjoy it as, as, as much as it sounds like you're doing it. And, uh, um, you know, uh, it just, it's, it's been a, it's been a, it's been a pleasure listening to you this season. And, and I can't wait to see you at the garden next year, Mike. Michael, you're way too kind. I said this to you when, uh, when you did that unbelievable documentary, the beauty of it is you love the game as much as anybody. And hearing the passion in your voice today has me all pumped up. Yeah, let's get nuts, man. I want to get nuts. I am going to be so <laughs> nuts. And also, I know you're a father. Happy Father's Day. I met your kids, beautiful kids. Enjoy the game and happy Father's Day. Okay, Mike? Thanks, Michael. Look forward to seeing you. All right, bye. 
Gamertag Radio is headed to E3 2017. E3 is one of the biggest events for Gamertag Radio, and you don't want to miss this. Join host Danny Pena, Paris Lilly, and Peter Toledo direct from the convention center floor. What are the plans for Microsoft? We're going to see more new titles from Sony PlayStation. And how about Nintendo? Interviews, roundtable discussions, previews, hand-on impressions, and more. E3 2017 coverage on Gamertag Radio. June 11th through the 15th. Gamertagradio.com or play.it forward slash Gamertag. All right, this is uh, the Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast. It is now 8.39 a.m. on Sunday, June 19th. I usually don't like to give the dates of these podcasts because uh, they're timeless. Um, and I always remembered uh, Q-Tip saying that on Midnight Marauder's uh, album, referencing uh, Large Professor, Extra P., Saying you don't give the dates because you know you don't want to date you know date the music date the uh, date the date itself. But this is a specialty episode of the Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast, Diary of a Mad Fan, um, Game Seven NBA Finals, Father's Day edition. Um, I just left my hot yoga class. I'm feeling good. Excuse my air conditioning. Um, I am uh, doing uh, the majority of this episode thus far from the Vroom Tomb in Los Angeles, California. Uh, for new listeners, the Vroom Tomb is my car. Um, I can't. I can't sit still today. I'm sweating like a pig. Not just from the hot yoga, but it's already about 80 degrees out here in California, and it's not even nine o'clock. So anyway. What can I say? I'm hyped up. Um, I'm ready to roll. I'm pumped up for this episode. Um, let me tell you something about my father, real quick. Dave Rappaport. They call him Disco Dave Rappaport. Uh, he's still alive. He's going to be 84 this month. Um, if you never had the honor and pleasure of meeting Disco Dave Rappaport, think of a six foot one. Woody Allen, Larry David hybrid with um, uh, an at times salty uh, attitude, okay? The thing that he's most known for, Disco Dave Rapport, he worked at a radio station in New York City, WKTU Mellow 92. It was the bottom radio station in New York City at the time. And then around 1976, 77, 78, Disco started to take off in the city. There was a uh, an intern, actually, an intern. He credits the, the intern as a Puerto Rican intern, a uh, gay kid that worked for my father at WK2 Mellow 92. And he would always tell my father about his weekends and going to this club and going to that club and the music they were playing. Then my father went with him to the club, all the downtown clubs. They weren't uh, gay clubs exclusively, but they were playing disco music in these clubs, sm- small clubs downtown in, in Manhattan. My father spoke to the higher-ups about it, made the switch. Radio station became WKTU Disco 92, became the phenomenon station in New York City, the first station to play exclusive all-disco in New York City. There was one other station in the country, I believe it was in Washington, D.C., playing disco music, Um, hence the moniker Disco Dave Rappaport. So um, I try to keep my personal life out of the I Am Rappaport Stereo podcast. 
but I wanted to just give you a little insight to what my father, uh, you know, some of the stuff he did. Great, great man. Great sense of humor. Uh, I know I drive him crazy. At times he drives me crazy, but 99% of my act and my shtick is inspired by my father, David Rappaport. See, I am Rappaport Stereo Podcast. We'll be right back with a diary of a mad fan interview with the beautiful, talented friend of the I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast, although she's making her first appearance, Kristen Ledlow, NBA TV, um, great sideline reporter. She does the show, The Inside Stuff, classic NBA show. Now it's Grant Hill and her, um, just a sweetheart, and um, she's been covering the games, going to all the games. She's there, the front of the front of the front row. And uh, I've been looking forward to get her on the podcast, talk about uh, what it's like being in the position that she has, covering the series, covering the NBA in general. And uh, let me hear something funky, and we'll come right back with Kristen Ledlow. Don't you get frustrated when trying to find tickets online for a game or a concert you really want to see? Customer service sucks these days. SeatGeek is always the first place I look for for tickets for a game or concert, and it's easy, fast, and helps you find the best deal for any event you want to go to. I have the SeatGeek app on my phone, and I just used it the other day to buy two tickets for J-Lo in Vegas, and I got dope-ass tickets at a great price through SeatGeek. SeatGeek pulls all the tickets available on other sites into one place, so you save time and never miss a deal. Every ticket on SeatGeek is given a grade based on value, so you can immediately find underpriced tickets and before you buy you can see the seat geeks detailed map to see the view from your seat to get your $20 rebate on tickets download the free seat geek app that's s-e-a-t-g-e-e-k go to the settings tab and click on the promo code rapaport r-a-p-a-p-o-r-t seat geek will send you the $20 after you made your first ticket purchase Download the free SeatGeek app and enter the promo code RAPAPORT and save 20 bucks today at SeatGeek.com. Alright, this is the I Am Rapaport Stereo Podcast coming live and direct from the Vroom Tomb. Calling Kristen Ledlow. Hey. Kristen Ledlow, this is the I Am Rapaport Stereo Podcast coming live and direct. Speaking to you, you're in the bowels of Oracle Arena right now? I am in the heat of all of it right now. I'm actually standing next to the Cavaliers locker room. So we will be waiting on them to uh, filter in one by one here in these next, I guess, about a half an hour. But I have not been this psyched for a basketball game since I played in the Celebrity All-Star game alongside yourself at Madison Square Garden. Now, now let me ask you a question. Compare the intensity of a Celebrity All-Star game with what you're experiencing right now at Game Seven, because I, 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 it must be similar, but but, but break it down because you've lived you've lived both. Yeah, I, I mean, I feel like it's a, probably a similar environment because we had you as our emotional leader. I felt like you were kind of the Draymond Green of our team for that Celebrity All Star Game. So I don't know. I think that the intensity levels are pretty similar. The stakes are easily just as high here. Okay, I I, I understand that because you see, I I know that because I pay, play in these high competitive games. I wanted you to paint the picture, but but in all seriousness, how how excited are you to be a part? Of, of of the NBA and 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 be a part of such a great series this year and 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 correct me if I'm wrong is is this your first official year 
doing like all the sideline games or is it your second? I know you like, like expl- explain that. Yeah, no, it is my first official year because I think I remember you texted me the very first night that you saw me That's on right. TNT and you were like, hey, you were killing it. And it was my first night and I told you that. I was like, well, thank you for saying that because I don't remember anything I said and I'm so nervous. And, it, you know, it, it's wild to actually get to be a part of it. So this is my first season start to finish being part of the TNT crew, the NBA TV crew. And now we're finishing it off with a game seven at Oracle arena with, I mean, between one of the best players to ever play and one of the best teams to ever do it. And my goodness, I'm at a loss for words. You know me, I've been a basketball fan since I was a little kid. So to get to be part of this, it's just, it's indescribable. Is it, is it, what is it like in the arena now? Like, is, is it, is it buzzing more than normal? Yeah. And you know, what's wild is there is actually an A's game at home next door. So for those who kind of know the Oakland area, you know that these, I mean, these two stadiums are connected to each other. So traffic is at an all time high. Uh, hype is at an all time high. Uh, the parking lots are already full. And this game does, I mean, this game doesn't tip off for like hours and there right. are already fans here in the arena. Now, now, now you said that the players haven't ar- arrived. So, you know, you're younger than me, but this whole fashion and what they're wearing, this is now like a thing that obviously, like, you know, in in the 70s and the 80s, no one filmed these guys coming into the arena. No one cared what they wear. This is like an actual part of the whole game and the whole production of the game. Isn't, Isn't it crazy? Yeah, and you know what's funny is I was just talking to Isaiah Thomas in our green room, the baddest of the bad boys, and he said, if it had been me playing now or if fashion had been big back then, he's like, I would have been the Russell Westbrook of the league back then. We're like, what? And he's like, I used to do stuff. like He said, I would be wearing brown and black, and then so I'd wear a brown shoe and a black shoe to make sure that it matched. I mean, he was he's going on about his fashion game talking about how he wants to bring back like the stacked heels for men so it's funny to even hear a guy from that era talk about the guys from this era because there are very mixed opinions on it you got a guy like Isaiah who's like oh I'd be the Russell Westbrook and then you've got one of our guys like Charles Barkley who's like what is this fool wearing right. so it's funny to like hear those guys from back then talk about the guys today because you're right it's become part of the whole production of all of it you know like these guys have their outfits planned for game seven months in advance yeah it's crazy All right, so let me ask you a question. So are you still, like, starstruck or, like, excited when you're interviewing players? And who, like, through this year, I know you've you've been a part of the NBA and the inside stuff for for a while now, but, like, this year you you, you got to sit down with, like, everybody up close and personal. Like, who were you the most nervous or excited to talk about, to talk to, you know, uh, so far in your career? Like, who, who were you like, oh, I can't believe this is happening? Right. You know what's wild is for me, it's the guys who have been in the league now 16, 17, 18, 20 years because those are guys that I watched when I was still a kid. You know, I'm 28, so Kobe got in the league when I was I was seven years old when right. he was a rookie, seven turning eight years old. So for me, I think sitting down with Kobe this season was one of those, like, how did I get here kind of moments. You know, like this is one of those highlights of not just a career but kind of a life, you know, so – for me, it's those guys that I kind of grew up watching, the guys that I grew up emulating. Um, I felt the same way about Paul Pierce. Who, if I remember correctly, you're not a fan. I don't remember Pierce? exactly. 
yeah. No, I love Paul Pierce. I love. Oh, I love, okay. I, I, I love him. Remember, all right. I no, there, remember. There's well, very few that I'm not him. fans of, but 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 Paul Pierce. One of the reasons why I love him is because I feel like if I was NBA caliber, I would have a game like his because he was never really that yes. quick, and I think the fact that he's so skilled is the reason why he's able to continue cuz right you know now he's like you know 55 year old jewish man status but he still gets it done <laughs> so it gives me That's inspiration okay, so, right so he was one of my he was like the guy that i emulated my game after and also my trash talking ability so uh. it was like kobe paul pierce uh, kevin garnett so those guys that have been in the league for as long as since i've been a little girl those are the guys i still get like to sit down and talk to see I, but i don't see you as a trash talker because because you know i see you as like so like you're, you're like so sweet and clean spirited and like you're just chill like when you played ball were you did you because you were like a serious athlete like a lot of people don't know like you were like a college athlete right Yes, yes, and I appreciate you bringing that up. Um, yeah, I was. I played basketball and volleyball in college. Um, I actually got thrown out of a couple of volleyball games in college because you're not allowed to make contact through the net, and I'd forget that you know volleyball is not a contact sport. So, yeah, I don't know what it is, about, but it just brought out the best or, I guess, worst in me, tough to say. But, yeah, no, I was absolutely a trash talker, and it got personal, too, trust me. Okay, okay. So, so what's been the thing that's been craziest for you to see – during these finals, like I mean, it's been so nuts. And you know, I text you, and you know, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like such a fan of what you do, and such a fan of of the league. What's been the the thing for you that's been the most surprising, like of of these set of these six games so far? Like, what do you think has been the biggest twist? Yeah, and first and foremost, I am such a huge fan of yours, also. So I love that you are like you're like my my favorite uh, go to not professional basketball analyst. Uh-huh. Like any time that I you know like you're like the basketball analyst like in, in another life kind of thing. You know, yep. so anytime and that's why I text you all the time during these games, and we go back and forth about this stuff. I think to me, what's been the most surprising, the craziest to actually see, uh, is these Cavaliers dig out of what after. Games one and two, I mean, there were legitimately professionals saying, this is going to be a sweep. Like, right. there's no way that this happens. And then they take one at home, and, then, you know, it's split at the queue. And so you think, okay, well, maybe it ends in five. But then the way that this thing has gone, like, to watch them right. dig out of this 3-1 hole. And we may be legitimately, 20 years from now, look back when there's a team in a 3-1 hole and say, well, the only other team to ever do it was the 2016 Cavaliers led by LeBron James. So I think that's been what's craziest to me is to watch them actually do this when everybody counted them out. And 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 b- between both arenas, and you, you've you've been to, like I don't know if you've been to every single arena you know this season and through through you know your 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 time with NBA. What's the what's the craziest arena? Like what's the most intense arena? What's the loudest arena? Who has the most volatile fans? Like break down the arenas for me. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, well these two absolutely rank in the top. I mean, I would say the top three as far as the Q and Oracle Arena because it's like the hottest ticket in town. That is what you're doing on a Tuesday night. You are going to that basketball game. Um, another couple of cities that are like that, you know, you'd be surprised. The Memphis Grizzlies. Like, my goodness, those fans are buck wild. And they are, they're there early. They're partying on Beale Street. I'm talking for like a regular season game on a Thursday night when you oh, got okay. working morning. Memphis Grizzlies fans are like that. Uh, same thing as OKC. When you go to Oklahoma City, those fans are hype and they're crazy. And it's all week, all regular season. And that's what's <laughs> crazy to me is you expect that kind of vibe, like during the playoffs and especially during the finals and everything. But 
you don't necessarily expect it like on a Tuesday night, you know, in the middle of the regular season, like in January. But right. those teams are like that same as, uh, you know, San Antonio. I would say that those fans are the same exact way. So, They're intense you know, too, it, it, huh? It seems like that. That yeah, absolutely. And by the way, the uh, the Cavaliers are all walking past me as we speak. So you will probably see me in the background of photographs of LeBron James entering the, in the arena uh, here on my phone talking to you on the Michael Rappaport podcast, which I love. Uh, so yeah, they are all walking in as we speak. All right, all right, all right. Just give me now to so just br- give me breaking news like what is he wearing? Like, is he wearing like, like, and do you think these suits are like, do you ever ask these guys like, because they never wear the same thing. Do, are they just right. one offs? Like, do they wear it and then they shred it? Like, yeah. what happens with these, these clothes? <laughs> Where did these things go? No, I actually have asked Russell Westbrook that before because it's like, we've never seen you, not even in the same like piece, you know, like you don't even see him wear the same shirt twice. So but well, he actually donates a lot of his clothes. Right, that's um, cool. And so I think a lot of these guys do the same thing. So I've asked a couple of them, like, where do these things actually end up going? Oh, a few guys, though, they end up giving their stuff to, like, teammates. Like, I've watched a lot of these guys, even as I've been here in the finals, guys ask LeBron, like, for his shoes. Like, oh, I can, those, those shoes are hot. After the game, let me get them. And he'll give them to his teammates. So it's kind of funny to watch. Like, sometimes they give them away to their teammates. But I know a guy like Russ ends up donating a lot of his clothes after he's worn them. Well, I think – and, and I, Russell Westbrook, you know, if there was an MVP of the playoffs, just in general – he he might be the MVP of just I mean that performance during with the, was it was incredible, but and, and I and I mean this with no disrespect, but he should donate those clothes. But it's going to be like he should send them far away because nobody's going to want to wear them a second time. <laughs> send them far far away. Yeah, I agree though. Send them to the, like display. I was. I was, I was a little bit disappointed, and given I don't have a dog in this fight, all right? I'm an Orlando Magic fan. We were not a part of this postseason, so trust me, I'm not rooting for anybody either way. But when it got down to Game 7 of the Western Conference Finals, I was like, oh, man, we might see NBA Finals Russell Westbrook, and I need to see that. You know, like I mean, he was and I yeah. love that. So I was a little bit disappointed that we didn't get to see finals rust this year. Yeah, he's he's ridiculous. I mean, he, that, that team, I mean, they have nothing to, to be ashamed of. They were incredible. I mean, he was incredible. He, he's always been incredible. All right, Kristen, I, I'm going to yeah. let you go. I know you're in the bowels of Oracle Arena. I appreciate you, uh, you know, talking to me. I, I Listen, you have to figure out. You're covering Game 7, and you're also on the I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast. I don't know which is going to be more of a highlight of your career, which you're going to be thinking about 30 years from now. That's up to you to decide. Yeah. Only time will tell. But I would love to have you yeah. back. You know, I, I, I respect and love what you're doing so much. And enjoy every single minute of, of this Game 7. No, this has been a dream. And I mean to join the podcast, not yes. just to be here at Game 7. I haven't even thought about Game 7 in the last half hour because I've been enjoying talking to you so much. Well, I no, I, I get that. I get that. I know it's, it's sort of a life-changing thing, and I understand that. It's fine. You could come back whenever you want, and now you know you sort of got it. You know, the, the stakes are a little lower. You go a sideline report of Game 7 and, and have a ball, and congratulations on doing it. All right, Kristen? Oh, yeah. You've given me energy now to get through Game 7. I credit you. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, how are you? Thank God for the podcast beforehand because you had to get up to do another game, an NBA game seven. I know. I, I'll take credit for that. <laughs> You're the best, Mike. I love you. Thanks for having me. Kristen, I'll talk to you soon. Enjoy yourself, all right? All right. All right, bye. bye. 
Gamertag Radio is headed to E3 2017. E3 is one of the biggest events for Gamertag Radio, and you don't want to miss this. Join host Danny Pena, Paris Lilly, and Peter Toledo direct from the convention center floor. What are the plans for Microsoft? We're going to see more new titles from Sony PlayStation. And how about Nintendo? Interviews, roundtable discussions, previews, hand-on impressions, and more. E3 2017 coverage on Gamertag Radio. June 11th through the 15th. Gamertagradio.com or play.it forward slash Gamertag. All right, this is the I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast. Uh, continuation diary of a mad fan, Game 7. Um, I'm about to call up a uh, uh, now recurring guest, and, and, and I'm about to get a restraining order because he's calling me, texting me, and taunting me, and, and, and I don't deserve it. Um, he was on once before. He was fantastic. We had a two-parter with Wood Harris, great actor. Avon Barksdale from The Wire. Uh, I mean, he's been in many, 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 many. Remember the Titans? Um, shit. Above the Rim. The list goes on and on and on. Uh, so I'm calling the great Wood Harris right now, and 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 uh, and I'm going to also threaten him with a restraining order. Oh. Yeah, this is the Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast. This is Michael Rapport calling Wood. Yeah, this is Wood, okay? <laughs> All right, let me, let me tell you something, Wood. I'm telling you right now, before we even start this conversation, okay, I'll, I'll get a restraining order on you if I have to. You're going to need a restraining order. The, the text messages and, and, and the phone calls and, 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 and the Twitter abuse, I, I'll, get, I'll call the authorities if I have to. You're my man, 50 grand. Always what? Watches. Are you mad at me? What, are you mad at me? No, 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 no. I'm just saying I'm just a peaceful fan. And then all of a sudden, I'm just a peaceful fan minding my business trying to enjoy the game. And I, I, next thing you know, I'm getting barraged by you. Okay, so I'm just letting you know now, uh, I have attorneys on, on, on hold and ready to, ready to, to do it. I don't want to do it to you because you're, you're my man. And, and you know, I, I feel like I, I, I you know, I, but I'm telling you right now, I don't want no problems. No problems. And just refer to me as Wodus Pradamus. Okay. Because I, I make predictions. They come true, and it's, it's easy. You can't you can't go against the greatest player in the game right now, the top one of the top five maybe of all times. He got a chance, period. Just like Mike, Listen, he got a chance. The the fucking party's coming to an abrupt end tomorrow, and and I know you're from the Midwest, and you know I I need to preface this this by saying that Wood Harris is a Chicago Bulls fan, and the number seventy two means a lot to him. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. But what what do I care? If my team would have got seventy two victories and no chip, who cares? I got you. I got you. Now you you, you how are you feeling how are you feeling before Draymond got suspended? Don't you feel like that was some bullshit? I, I would say this. Draymond got suspended. It's 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 kinda of bullshit, but it kinda of ain't bullshit because that's how it goes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's how it goes. It's it's kind of bullshit, and it's kind of not bullshit. Yeah, I don't okay. know what the fuck that means, Wood. I don't know how it could either be bullshit. No, I or- mean, listen, that ain't the first time it ever happened. The first time anybody ever got a unanimous chip, they gave it to a one-way player who can't do shit to shoot threes and ain't showed up for the playoffs or the finals. Damn. To be honest with you. Damn. So that's the first time. It ain't the first time somebody got kicked out of a game or some shit like that or suspended. Damn. But for the first time, 
the NBA, the NBA did what they did, and to me, shameful, shameful. So I ain't, I ain't just about the, it ain't just about the seventy-two wins, and uh, and all of the bullshit that uh, that they did with Steph Curry. Why are they blowing this dude? Like, oh my God, did you see Aisha Curry on the mic? Yeah, she wilded out. She 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 gave her 16 bars. Yes, she went for 16 bars. Aisha came with a 16, right? (laughs) She's whack. She's a whack MC, actually. (laughs) But let me not go on on their wives and shit like that. I ain't that type of dude. Look, she's pretty. Boom, I'll leave it at that. I don't give a shit what they say. But what she did wrong was put more pressure on her own man. Right. Because Miss James, Miss James is... Look, she got to deal with a juggernaut husband that a million girls will sleep with every day. And he shows integrity, even though he is the greatest basketball player alive today that we know about. Okay? For them to raise Curry up like he's the man, get the fuck out of here, dude. They're trying to say that he's the best? How you the best? You're not even better than... Listen, I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to go there. Bro. Yo. I get too about all that. You get fucking nuts because I thought I was crazy. And and you're, no, I'm telling no, you, you're crazier than I am. Okay, no, I think that you're crazier than me. Would I seriously think that you're crazier than me? I just want to preface, but I want to, I want to, I want to bring the audience into this. Me and Wood have been doing a movie together, okay? And during lunchtime, Wood Harris, if you bring up the fucking series, you just like they, they could be like, all right, lunch is over. He won't like. It's like literally like you're opening Pandora's box. You're crazier than me. And this is something that a lot of people don't know this about you because you're a low-key dude, but there's something about this series like you black out. Yes, I do. I love basketball. I love sports. You know, I don't understand society today with regard to many topics. There's a few topics you could bring up that, that I might I might black out, you know what I'm saying, and go into, like, whatever. But as it relates to sports, particularly basketball, football, baseball, boxing, I mean, I got my opinions, and some of them are passionate, especially when it's basketball because, you know, I'm a big-time Chicago Bulls, Michael Jordan fan. Um, And you held on to that 72-game record. You held it tight, and and, and they snatched it right from you with 73 wins. Nothing's been snatched. Let me tell you something, Mike. Let me tell you something. They can hide the 70. I'm happy with them. Congratulations. The Golden State Warriors, not the Knicks, Mike. You over here on the pod, like you room for them. Not the Knicks, <laughs> not my squad, not the Bulls. They got it. The, the Knicks, the Knicks are in trouble. They might have to sell that franchise, okay, <laughs> after this year. Now, let me just say this. The Bulls are up, are up the creek, too. And here's what I heard lastly about the Knicks. That relates to the Knicks and the Bulls. You know who the Knicks talking about, kid? The D-Rose. D-Rose. And you know what? That's a good fit. I'm not going to lie. That's a, if he play healthy... Y'all got a squad all of a sudden. Right. Period. Right. Porzingis, Carmelo, D. Rose, that's a playoff for sure. And that's, and and, and and you guys could take Jose Calderon. We'll send him to you with a bottle of wine and and, and, and like a $50 gift certificate to Target. That's going to be on exactly. me. Exactly. That's what we need. I don't know who they get for, I don't know who they get for D. Rose. I personally hope that it doesn't go through. Okay. Because I like Derrick Rose. I met Derrick Rose. He's super cool. I, I fuck with Derrick Rose, okay? I get down with the Bulls, Jimmy Butler, Derrick Rose. I know that Joe Kim Noah wants to leave. I can see him ending up in um, OKC. Or, oh. Uh, 
yeah, OKC, or he could end up with LeBron, or he could end up with um, the Warriors. He could end up a Warrior, which is good for him if he ends up a Warrior because they don't need another scorer. They need an enforcer right. that's taller than Draymond Green. Right. Anyway, Draymond is my favorite player on it. Without Draymond Green, they look like a box of Twinkies, bro. And not just because they light skinned me. <laughs> Straight up. He's my favorite player on their squad, even though he played himself the other day. To me, he flopped to the ground. He didn't have to fall. That guy weighed 235 pounds. The one one arm from LeBron will be making motherfuckers fly. Well, I mean, he, he those arms are not normal. We don't know. Like those arms have never been injured before. Uh, he can't help that he's six foot eight, two sixty. Good for him. I wish I was six. Look, Mike, if we was both six foot eight, two sixty, we'd be in the league too. Talking like, shit. I, I'm standing out here on the planet six eight, and you're not in the league. Right. So I don't want to hear about him being freakish. I don't give a fuck. He born that way. So what? They're all. They're all freaks. Yeah, they're all freaks. Lightning speed, giant height, uh, agility. They're all freakish in some way, shape, or form. Now, let me ask you a question. What's going to happen? What's going to happen if 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 your Cleveland Cavaliers if they lose? Like, how devastating is that going to be for you to have to accept that the Golden State Warriors have put together the single greatest season ever? I'm going to tell you like this, okay, because you're trying to rub it in. I'm, I'm, I'm going to take the high road if I can quote LeBron, huh. right? Let me take the high road on you, Mike, right now. Um, we'll see. We're gonna come, they're going to come play hard. They're going to put the chips on the table, <laughs> you dig, and roll the dice. I'm putting my chips on who is the greatest player that we have seen since Michael Jordan. No doubt. Period. No doubt. And so I root against him. He's a great guy, too. I don't get this. Listen, you got personal shit. It's the people out there in the blogosphere who have personal angst against LeBron because in, in, in intimacy, in a private situation, someone, he did something to y'all. Okay, I understand that. But holding a grudge on this dude who is the ambassador to the NBA, even greater than all the rest of them were, who is up, upstanding to his family, represent the black culture in such a way. He got tattoos all the way up behind his freaking, under his eyebrows. And he shit. almost got him. Almost. He don't have him on his eyebrows, he but he got him. got him. He almost got him because that's his generation. You got to forget. You don't, don't forget. He's 10 years younger than we are probably. Yes. Or something like that. All right? So, yeah, his generation, their whole generation is tatted up. But but but, but, but but let me just break this down to you. you. Do you think as great as Michael Jordan was that I was rooting for this motherfucker? Hell no. He killed my Knicks. I'll never forgive him. He made sausages out of the Knicks. How could you? Of course not. All right. So, so, so it's, not like, it's not like a personal thing. It's like this is the way it is. I mean, when Larry Bird, I never even gave myself the, the room to appreciate Larry Bird. Now, with Jordan, I would sometimes give myself the room to appreciate. And, and, now, and now LeBron, I definitely give myself the, re- the room to appreciate him at times. That don't mean I have to root for this motherfucker. He was on the Miami Heat, which is a humongous rival for the New York Knicks, and then he bounced back. And, and, and after hating the Miami Heat and hating how he went down there, I'm never going to just be like, oh, now you're my guy. He, 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 that's just the way that. it is. I, listen, I understand that. I understand that. I don't have to do that, though. I'm rooting on a basketball player. I like the look. You know what he? What, what number does he rock? Twenty-three, twenty-three. Most of his career, and the only other number I like Bill Russell, number six. That's showing homage to 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 
to people who, who, who mean something. He's a, he's a, he's a basketball god. Of course, of course, he's all these things. That don't mean I have to like him. That don't mean I have to root for them. And I'm not rooting for them. And I'm telling you right now, the authorities will be called. I think I need Restraining order against you. No, <laughs> I'm the one who needs the restraining order. No, I'm getting order. the restraining order. You can't get the restraining order against me, Wood. I'm telling you right now, tomorrow during the game, if I get over three or four texts, the authorities are being called, and I'm going to hate to do it. But I'm just, I'm forewarning <laughs> I, you now. No, I don't dude, want any phone calls. I, I send you polite. I give you polite texts during the game. How you doing, Mike? How's your blood pressure? What's your temperature? <laughs> you need a doctor? That's me. I don't. Here's you. You yeah, fuck. Your text is two words. You yeah, fuck. That's it. For the whole night, you guys win. You send me a text. You yeah, fuck. In all, listen, you're the worst. You're the worst. Like, you're one of the worst of all time. But I'm gonna tell you. Listen. Listen. Oh Go shit. You read for Curry. Curry's listen. My other thing is. I don't have a horse in the race for real, for real, just to get back to that. I am a Bulls fan all the way until I'm six feet under. I'm going to be a Bulls fan. Except, except this. I'm going to tell you one thing about the Bulls. is leaning me toward, okay, I think I need to evaluate, reevaluate my fanfare. I hate the owners. Yeah. Literally. I fucking hate them. I hope that they, you know, I don't want to say nothing real bad, but I can't. You, you, you want to get hooked up with tickets because did they hook you up with tickets? Do the Bulls hook you up with tickets? I get tickets when I'm in Chicago to all these stuff. Of all, course, all as the, you should. Yeah. Hey, but listen, your owners can't be any worse than what we got in New York. Okay, we 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 got you. Listen, I don't feel bad for you guys. You got six fucking banners, and them shits are clean. Our banners are falling off the rafters in the garden. Banners. That banners don't even matter. What I don't like though is this. I don't like the fuck. What makes me gives me angst is not the Golden State Warriors. It's not Curry. I love the players. Period. To me, they not they make. You know, they matter. You know, they, they're like modern-day heroes in a sense because we put a lot on well, – kids put a lot into how they turn out. Right. But I will say this. So, Stephon Curry, he is a family man. He looks good. He's, he's handsome. You girls like him. He's – whatever they want to say about him, he's my size. I like the little players, okay? He's just a victim of the NBA's overrating him. He's a victim of, of the sports pundits, Stephen A., all these other dudes who get on the mic so fast. They, they, they like a gang of Mitt Romney. Yeah. They flip, flop, flip, flop, flip, flop. You know, now they got to tell us something. Yeah, I think Cleveland's going to win it all now. Shut up. Shut the fuck up. How are you going to feel if Game 7, Steph goes for over 30, plays up to par, and, and, and Golden State wins? Uh, I, you know, to be honest with you, I, uh, I'm not going to like that. Okay. I know. I'm not going to be happy. I'm going to be unhappy. I know. I'm going to be unhappy. It's going to fucking happen, and I'm going to be in your ass all fucking game, we'll okay? We'll see. We'll see. We'll I'm going to be we'll in see. your we'll ass. See. I'm going to be calling you. I'm going to be crank calling you. I'm going to be calling you and breathing, hanging up, cursing you out, and everything. That's it. You know what, Mike? Check this out. Check this out. You got, you got, you got people out there. They listen to the podcast. That they they, 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 should listen to it. It's very well done, very well. It's an entertaining thing. And they like to call themselves nicknamed after you some way. They use it, the play on words. Rap this. Rap, I am rap this. Yes. That. I need my, I need my peoples out there because, because what I've noticed is that there's a great contingency of listeners who, once they hear the noble words that I spit, once they hear my sixteen bars. They come back for more. They need to see me in concert. Okay? No doubt. So those people out there 
who 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 know what time it is, they can refer to themselves as noble as well. Ooh. I'm noble with I want my noble likes to be noble. I want them to show that they got boss, okay? Even the girls, all of them have boss. No doubt. When it comes to the decisions that they make. No just doubt. Just like your people. Just like the rappers. No okay? doubt. Yeah. All so right. that's what I'm talking about. And we open up a can of worms like that, love is, love is in the air, you know what I mean? All right, Wood, well, listen, I appreciate you joining on, on, on the Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast. This is, this is, just, this is, just, this is now part three. You, you, the, you, you're the first guy to join us three times. Trust me, I'll be calling you and recording the crank calls that I give you during the game. Just, just know that. Ah, you just do, do that. Hey, listen, don't be surprised at this. Time. I'm going to give you one last prediction. I'm not going to say who's going to win the game, but don't be surprised if the Cleveland Cavaliers go into the Oracle Center or whatever the hell they call it, go into their, 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 their arena, and they start out on fire, and they show confidence, and they're leading for a lot of the game. All right. Now, listen, Steve Kerr did something stupid and smart. What did he do? This fucking chick talking about the MVP. How come the MVP didn't get more whistles? Shut the fuck up with that. What are you saying, Steve Kerr? He's manipulating the refs. Who the fuck? So, yo, you didn't do that the right way. He didn't do that right. They keep saying, oh, yeah, he got that from Phil Jackson. No, he didn't. The Zen master did it differently, okay? Steve Kerr got on the mic and said, how come my player... Listen and moaning like some kind of weirdo. How come my care didn't get didn't get the got fouled? And you start bitching about the refs. He got fined for it, and that's not going to work. That's not going to work. The best player in the world is a six foot eight dude who got the most unique name you ever heard, LeBron. He's the only LeBron in the world. Okay, that guy has to show up. They have to beat him. How with with Draymond? Man, get the fuck out of here. Draymond, Steph Curry. My favorite player is Clay Thompson. You know why? He plays like a man. He plays like a man. Draymond plays with all heart and emotion. He like a fired up ass. He like on the rag every time he plays, right? Yeah, he's nuts. And I don't know that they need a dude on the rag, but you know, he plays like Kevin Garnett without that skill set. Ah, that's a good analogy. That's a good analogy. I like that. Yeah, I mean, I like Draymond. Listen, he's my favorite. Player's my favorite. Then comes Dre. Then comes Steph. Because Steph is overrated. They they put the burden of the world on this little dude who grew up with his daddy. I got listen. I you hate like the I fucking hate. players. You hate I'm the players. Fucking, listen, let me tell you something. Let you hate the this. players who, whose fathers are in the NBA. Just say that across the board. Say say fuck Tim Hardaway Jr. Say I fuck Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson. His daddy. Was Michael Thompson? I don't have a problem with Clay Thompson. You know why? Because he's underrated. He's actually underrated. He plays defense. He's that defensive juggernaut, and he gets as many threes as necessary to win. And he showed up in the finals. And he showed up in the. They wouldn't be in the finals if it wasn't for Clay Thompson. No not doubt, but that's but that's a, it's a team game. That's like saying the the war uh, the the Cavaliers wouldn't be in Game Six if. Uh, um, Kyrie didn't go for 41 along with LeBron. You know that. It's, you know, everybody got to show up. Yo, Wood, listen. It's the I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast. Keep your fucking phone close to you, okay? And, and, and just know I'm going to be the guy calling and laughing and breathing on the other end. So you don't have to be like, who is this? Just know it's me. Just know. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh my. Okay, listen, listen, listen. That's cool. Just remember, <laughs> just remember, it's a game seven, bro. It's going to be a thing of beauty. I predicted it. 
Let me say one last thing to you. Yo, you're a great father. I wish you happy Father's Day. Enjoy it. I've seen you. I've seen you and your son throughout the years, even yeah. before I knew you. Enjoy Father's yeah. Day. You're a good father. You should be proud of that. Yeah, you too, my man. You too, Papa Beth. Thank you, man. I'll speak to you soon, my man. All right, man. Peace. All right. This couldn't be more of a perfect sponsor for the I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast. This episode of the I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast is brought to you by AdamandEve.com. If you're looking to spice things up in the bedroom, if you've been fantasizing about surprising your lover with an adventurous new toy or maybe even an adult movie, well, here's an offer you won't be able to resist. Go to adamandeve.com and for a limited time, you'll get 50% off one item when you type in Buck Wild for the offer code upon checkout. That's right, Buck Wild, B-U-C-K-W-I-L-D. Like, my fuck style is Buck Wild. When you do, you'll get three free DVDs and a free extra gift and free shipping. Just use the offer code BUCKWILD at adamandeve.com. That's BUCKWILD at adamandeve.com. This is the I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast Um, Coming live and direct (sighs) From the gloom tomb What can I say? The fucking Cleveland Cavaliers have just won The finals I'm sitting here in the gloom tomb watching LeBron James walk off the court with the MVP and the fucking, I don't even know what is it called, the Smithsonian Trophy or the, who gives a shit, is it the Smithsonian Trophy or the Guggenheim Trophy or I don't know what the fuck they call it anymore. Listen, I need to get my shit together. Oh, those two shots by Steph at the fourth quarter, one of them hit the fucking rubber on the bottom of the basket. And then that last one just missed. Uh, I really hope the fans in Cleveland do not burn down their city, there's barely anything left to begin with. Enjoy the celebration. I must say congratulations to the Cleveland Cavaliers. I think that LeBron James has collectively, over the longest period of time, if not the greatest, one of the greatest individual careers of all time. He's done it for I don't know how many years. He's always won. I break his fucking balls. I don't know what I could say. I know I have to call the 2015 podcast co-host of the year G Monetti I have to call him up and hear his shit yellow hello can I speak to Gerald please uh he's here this is me 
Well, this is the I'm Rappaport Stereo Podcast. I'm the Gringo Mandingo, a.k.a. Mr. White Folks. Um, here with my partner, Gerald Moody, a.k.a. G. Monetti. Uh, last name's Rhymes with Duty. <laughs> Fuck you, man. Hey, I told you after game uh, two, don't get on your high horse. They went up 3-1. You were happy. You thought it was over. I told you. It's going to go seven. I said they're going to win, and they're going to be celebrating in Cleveland. You can go back and get the tape. Uh, we, 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 we know what you said. Right. It, 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 I, I got to be honest with you. You're patting yourself on the back like this was some you know, million-to-one underdog prediction. Okay? They won three straight games how that's very unlikely but everybody counted them out but they had lebron james one of the the top players in the history of the nba so well i I, i'm gonna be honest gerald i've known you since 1982 you you, you're like a brother Mm -hmm. i didn't want to call you (laughs) for this i am rapaport stereo podcast i i i i'm gonna say it to you and i said it behind your back and 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 i feel like uh, sort of um, guilty for thinking that, and 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 I just want to get that out and just be honest. I, I, I was not. I don't. I don't want to be doing this right now with you. Okay. I hear you. I'm just being honest. And and um, I'm not going to gloat. Uh, the proof is in the pudding. Uh, it's been recorded. Uh, people can check and hear what I said when I said it. So um, I don't need to gloat. Twitter, people now, on Twitter giving me so much love. Uh, they know what time it is. Next, next up, get ready for President Trump, B. Oh, fuck. <laughs> oh, fuck. Here, here are some of the things that I want to talk about. Number one, even though Ty Lue won and his team won, after the game when he was getting the, the – the, the, is it the fucking – what is it called? The Metropolitan – Trophy? What's the name of the fucking trophy you win? Uh, I don't know. MB Metropolitan. What? The, what is that? The Larry know. O'Brien Award. Yeah. When they when 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 they gave uh, Ty Lue the Larry O'Brien Award, he had the fucking balls. This guy's got some fucking balls. He said, "Mexico, Missouri is in the house." He said it like three times. And I just want to say this, Ty Lue. Congratulations, you won. But under no circumstances, my man, is Mexico, Missouri ever in the house. <laughs> ever. You should never shout out Mexico, Missouri. And that's no disrespect to the people in Mexico, Missouri. I'm sure it's a fine, hardworking city. But you got to come up with something else, my man. You don't say Mexico, Missouri is in the fucking house. Number one. Number two. How come... Every single time, arguably one of the greatest basketball players, one of the greatest winners in sports, period, shows up for a public appearance, Mr. Bill Russell, Mr. Nine Rings, he looks like he escaped from a homeless shelter. (laughs) We've been talking about this for two fucking years. Tell me why. I know he's an older gentleman, and I get all that, 
But he's got to have handlers and groomers, the people at ABC and ESPN, the Boston Celtics. Somebody should be around him to, to, to just give him a little shape up and, and, and fix his crop before he makes a public appearance. I, I, am I right or wrong? You're, you're absolutely right. The cameras, the guys in the truck should, shouldn't put the cameras on him. He looks like shit, man. He looks terrible. <laughs> Yo, when you on, you're on television, you're a big-time uh, Hall of Famer. Why don't you comb your hair, man? Why don't you comb your hair? You're on television. What is the big deal for you, for you to comb your hair or your wife or your, your, your brother or somebody from the Celtics to just comb your shit? The whole entire world is watching. Why is that so much to ask for? Yeah. Are, are, we, are, we, are we crazy for that? No, man. This guy, he's too old for what he's doing, man. He knows he looks like complete shit. <laughs> he knows it. You think he looks in the mirror and is proud of that? Uh, oh, man. Uh, wait, wait, wait. Let me say something, man. No, I'm, go ahead. I, I want to I give a shout-out to LeBron James. He delivered on what he said. He came in two years ago. They lost last year. He delivered the championship. You can't front on this guy. This is an all-timer, and he did it. He came there. It's like half half gun will travel. LeBron goes to your team. You go to the playoffs. You go to the championship. He he was incredible. He's that and I've been, guy. I've been in his ass for a long time, and I'm gonna say I've been in his ass. No Bruno with respect, but I've been in his ass, and I give him the respect. They won. I'll be ready all summer to get right back on his fucking back. Next season. But in the meantime, I cannot say shit. He can, I can't now, say shit. Now he can, if he wanted to leave, he could bounce. Why would he leave? He's not going to go anywhere. He's not going to leave. Yo, he, go, he may go back to Miami. <laughs> nah, he's not going to leave. He's not going anywhere. Listen, your little prediction about the, them winning is right. He ain't going nowhere, man. He, he's not going to leave. Why would he leave? Why would he want to leave? His family lives out there. His wife loves it. His kids love it. They're in school. They're at the age. You can't just be shipping around these little kids. Yeah. He ain't going nowhere. He might go somewhere in a few years when, you know, that team changes and, you know, he gets towards the end of his career. But he ain't, he ain't going nowhere. For He's going to finish the, the prime of his career in Cleveland. Mark my words. He might do the last two or three years somewhere else. Who knows where it'll be. But D-Wade's only got a few more miles left. And whatever. I don't know. And Steph. Steph Curry. St- oh. Wait, let me, let me. Steph, he, he, he made the biggest shot of the game for the Warriors. He tied it up at 80 with the three. And then he shot one that was ridiculous. And he made that turnover. And we love Steph here. And I just, he just made some fucking bare, bad plays, some careless plays. He tried to get that three at the end. I felt like that was out of character because usually he doesn't force or, or look down to have to take shots. Clay could have taken a shot. He he fucked up. What can I say? Still love him. Hard body karate, but what can I say? Yeah, what that was a stick? LeBron statement like, I'm the MVP. It's me. Look at me. LeBron showed his ass out there and he solidified his place still as the number one player in the world. I can't argue with you. I, I I just don't like the, the, like, you're so fucking up your own ass. Like, you're so, like, this is like, just I want to remind the fucking, the fans that during the 90s, Gerald Moody, born and raised in Brooklyn, New York, his entire life, 
took on the persona of a Chicago Bulls fan. <laughs> so this guy that's on the other end of the phone, uh, G. Monetti, uh, G. Moody, yeah. blah, 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 all your fucking little monikers. This guy's a, a rogue fan, okay? Hey, um, I'm like... All right, listen. It's the I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast. We're coming back with just straight-up episodes this week. Um, this has been the diary of a mad fan. My heart is racing. I'm all fucked up in the game over here. I can't, I can't remember, Monetti, the last time. I think the last time that I was this fucked up over a game, I don't remember what year it was. It was when the, the, the Giants beat the 16-0, and 18-0. Was it 18-0 or 19-0? They, they were 18-0 or 19-0 New England Patriots. I think that was the last time I was this fucked up over a game and 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 that time I won mm-hmm. but just the the emotion of the game I, I haven't been this flipped out or I think that the 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 the, uh, the 9-11 Yankees run in in the World Series that fucked me up too because I really wanted that that World Series I don't remember what year that is at this point either I'm sorry you know the Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast uh, never fact checks. We refuse to fact check. You could fill in the dots. You could fact check and fill out everything on your own. Uh, we don't do that here. You, you, you could get all the, 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 the scientific stat, stat boys. They could fill in all the dots. Uh, it's the Larry O'Brien trophy. I don't know. I called it something else earlier. Gee, I, 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 can't, I can't remember what I called it, but I was so fucked up. Uh, yeah. I apologize for talking behind your back. Um, <laughs> And, and I apologize for, 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 you know, having that feeling in my heart. Um, you're, you're the best uh, uh, co-host in the business. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is the I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast. And, and what can I say? Uh, you know, congratulations sincerely to all the fans in Cleveland. I know it's a hard working class city. Been through a lot sports wise. You got nothing fucking else going on for you. So now you got this. The curse is broken. And, 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 you know, part of me is broken as well. Yeah. It's the Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast, and uh, uh, we out. Once upon a time, there was a new crossover that refused to play by the rules. It flipped the script and made all the others look like fools. Featuring styling that's sexier by far and handles like a rock star. Introducing the first ever Toyota CHR. Enjoy agile handling in the body of a seductive crossover that comes with standard 18-inch alloy wheels. The first ever Toyota CHR, the perfect ride to spin your own tail. Toyota, let's go places.